Volume Three, Chapter Ten of the Vicar of Rexhill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Vicar of Rexhill by Francis Milton Trollope. Volume Three, Chapter Ten: The Serious Fancy Fair. There were but few families within an ordinary visiting distance of the park who had not called on Mrs. Cartwright upon her marriage. Some went from simple curiosity, some expressly to quiz her, a few from feelings of real kindness towards the young people whom it would be they said a shame to give up merely because their mother had played the fool and ruined all their prospects not a few for the fun of seeing mowbray park turned into a conventicle and the inhabitants into its congregation and the rest came principally because mr cartwright was such a pious man and likely to do so much good in the neighbourhood among all these the fancy fair announced to be held there on the twelfth day of july created a lively interest all the world determined to attend and half the world gave themselves up to the making of pincushions and pen-wipers with as much zeal as if the entire remnant of the jewish people as well as the whole population of fababo were to be converted thereby the mansion and grounds of mr cartwright's residence began to give note of very great and splendid preparation for this serious fete never had the reverend vicar been seen in such spirits on any former occasion his bosom's lord sat lightly on his throne and due allowance being made for the nature of the proceedings it might safely be averred that no entertainment ever given in the neighbourhood had caused more sensation or been prepared for with a more lavish expenditure the whole of the ninth tenth and eleventh days of the month were entirely employed by the majority of the cartwright household in receiving and arranging the difficult works of fancy contributed by the neighbouring ladies for the sale by far the greater half of these articles were pincushions and for the most part they packed and unpacked well and safely but amidst the vast variety of forms into which this favourite vehicle of charity was turned some among them were equally ingenious in design delicate in execution and difficult of carriage there were harps of which the strings were actually musical and the foot a pincushion old women of pasteboard washing their feet in a pasteboard tub but with knees stuffed for pincushions pasteboard hunchbacks the hunches being pincushions babies dressed with the nicest taste and care their plump little necks and shoulders forming pincushions pretty silken volumes lettered pointed satires and their yellow edges stuffed for pincushions ladies very fashionably dressed with the crowns of their bonnets and their graceful backs prepared as pincushions these and ten thousand more of which a prolonged description might probably prove tedious formed the staple commodity of the elegant booths which stretched themselves in two long rows from one extremity of the beautiful lawn to the other tracts so numerous that it would be impossible to give their measure or their value by any other calculation than that of their weight were made by the ingenuity of the fair and pious contributors to assume a very tempting aspect bound by their own delicate hands in silks and velvets of every hue to be found between earth and heaven green and blue inclusive it would be quite impossible to give anything deserving the name of a catalogue of the articles contributed to this charming exhibition and it will therefore be better not to attempt it it will be sufficient to observe that by a sentiment of elegant refinement which seemed to have pervaded all the contributors every article to which the idea of utility to attach was scrupulously banished it not being fair as some of the ladies very judiciously observed to injure the poor shopkeepers by permitting the sale of anything that anybody in the world could really wish to buy one instance of very delicate attention on the part of mrs cartwright towards the hero of the fete deserves to be recorded as showing both the natural kindness of her temper and the respect in which every feeling of this celebrated character was held among the almost incredible number of devices for winding silks or for converting them into bobbins or for some other of the ingenious little contrivances invented for 
one hardly knows what was a very pretty thing more in the shape of a jew's harp than anything else the instant mrs cartwright cast her eyes on this she ordered it to be withdrawn observing that as the rev isaac isaacs himself was expected to honour the entertainment with his presence she could by no means permit anything bearing such a name to appear it may be feared that it was with a far different spirit mr jacob cartwright on hearing his stepmother mention this exclusion and the motive for it proposed that all the cold chickens and turkeys to be eaten at the banquet should appear without their usual accompaniment of cold hams a pleasantry which though it won a smile from his indulgent father was by no means well received by mrs cartwright the twelfth day of july itself arrived at last and fortunately was as fine a day as ever shone helen asked rosalind if she remembered the day on which charles came of age and the question brought tears to the eyes of both this however was but a trifling exception to the general cheerfulness all the world really looked as gay as if the fancy fair were not a serious one in one of the long and elegantly decorated booths indeed one silly young girl was heard to exclaim oh what a beautiful place this would be for dancing but the levity was checked by mr cartwright who happening to overhear her replied my dear young lady there is no dancing in heaven it had been settled among the ladies of the neighbourhood on the first announcement of this pious and charitable undertaking that no young ladies either married or single should be invited to sell the articles and for some time after the circulation of this decision it appeared to be very doubtful whether there would be any ladies found not actually too decrepit to endure the fatigue who would be willing to undertake it this circumstance threw poor mrs cartwright into great embarrassment the idea of having advertised a fancy fair and then to be unable to procure ladies to preside at it was a vexation almost beyond what even a professing christian's patience could bear when at length it appeared evident that every middle-aged lady for ten miles round had for some excellent good reason or other declined the office mr cartwright proposed that gentlemen instead of ladies should perform it but to this miss charlotte richards who happened to be present when the difficulty was discussed entered a violent protest declaring that she was quite sure if such a measure were resorted to not one hundredth part of the goods would be sold neither jew nor gentile she assured them would ever make anything by it if such a project were resorted to and in short she pleaded the cause of the ladies so well that after some time it was agreed that the original principle should be altogether changed and that the youngest and prettiest ladies should be selected only with this condition annexed that they should all be dressed in uniform the form and material of which were to be specified by mrs cartwright the circular letter announcing this alteration was composed by mr cartwright himself and proved perfectly successful although it contained but few words it having been decided at a meeting of some of the senior supporters of the south central african bible association that the cause of the poor inhabitants of fababo was one which ought to be peculiarly interesting to the young and lovely inasmuch as it is beyond all others the cause of piety it was therefore strongly recommended that they should be especially chosen and elected to serve the office of vendors or sellers at the fancy fair instituted by the rev william jacob cartwright and by him appointed to be held on his own premises after which followed a request that such ladies as were kindly willing to undertake the fatigues of the office would forthwith forward their names to mrs cartwright that they might receive from her instructions respecting the uniform to be worn on the occasion the number of applications for permission to sell which followed the circulation of this letter was quite extraordinary and so greatly exceeded the number required that the task of selection became difficult if not impossible so it was finally decided that a description of the uniform should be sent to them all 
and that those who arrived first should be installed in their office under condition of permitting a relay to succeed them after the enjoyment of two hours of duty the consequence of this was that at a very early hour not only all the young and handsome part of the company expected but all who considered themselves as belonging to that class were seen arriving in their very becoming sad-coloured suits with their smooth braided tresses and quakerish bonnets and caps let all the ladies in the serious uniform stand up together behind the stalls if they like it said the accommodating mrs cartwright it would be so very difficult to select and they all look so very well as the stalls were already having been walked round through and about by mr and mrs cartwright mr hetherington the curate chivers the butler curtis the lady's maid as well as all the other serious servants and all agreeing in the opinion that it was impossible anything could be more beautiful the uniform ladies were ushered into them and begged to decide among themselves the order in which they should stand the manner in which this self-regulating system worked was amusing and rosalind torrington stood by and enjoyed it greatly as soon as it was notified to the young and pretty ladies that the booths were all ready the prices of every article marked and all the things prepared so that they might take their places behind the stands in such order as they should agree among themselves any one who had witnessed and watched the sweet universal smile with which each one regarded the other and the charming accents in which all exclaimed as with one voice oh it is exactly the same to me where i stand would have been ready to declare that even their youth and beauty were less attractive than the sweet temper which seemed to be so universal among them the fair bevy amounting to above fifty poured themselves by various entrances into the booths which were in fact a succession of very handsome tents against the sides of which were ranged the elegantly decorated stands while through the whole extent a space of nearly thirty feet was left for promenading in the centre of the range the gaily painted canvas rose to a lofty point from which to the extremity of the circle round it depended graceful draperies festooned with large bunches of flowers in the middle of this noble circular tent stood a lofty frame supporting the finest greenhouse plants and the stalls which here skirted the sides of the enclosure were decidedly more distinguished by their elegant decorations than the rest oh dear how lovely was the universal exclamation uttered by the ladies on entering this beautiful circle well i think i will stand here said one of the most lively and enterprising among them placing herself at the same time behind a world of many tinted paper and silk commodities close to which was a side entrance arched with evergreen boughs and gay with a thousand blossoms and i will take this stand cried a stout and long-limbed demoiselle stepping out with great activity to secure the one opposite this will just suit me said a third popping into another of the enviable stations which flanked the garland and entrances and immediately taking possession of its lofty seat and comfortable footstool up to this point the universal smile continued with an almost unabated display of charming teeth but to the fourth place promising equal affluence of passers-by to the three already taken no less than four ladies rushed at once and then began the civil war which in a greater or lesser degree as circumstances may excite or assuage it rages at all fancy fairs bazaars and charity sales of every class and denomination whatever some folks uninitiated in such matters may suppose that there is less of this at a serious fancy fair than at one professing to be gay but a little experience will rapidly undeceive them whether the benevolent sale ladies be beautiful saints or beautiful sinners the inclination to show off nature's gifts to the best advantage is pretty nearly the same and whether the sweet graceful thanks so softly uttered be constructed after one form or another the pleasure of speaking them is the same likewise what matters it whether a bright eye laugh from behind a drapery of pendant curls 
or is raised to heaven with no twisted meshes to obscure its upward ray what matters it whether ruby lips open to say heaven reward you sir our poor missionaries shall pray for you or thank you with familiar nod some dear spanish whiskerando shall buy a sword with this in both cases the speaker would indisputably prefer having a well-frequented stand to speak from and if it chanced to be placed beside some avenue through which the crowd must pass and repass incessantly why so much the better the four ladies that met together with more of haste than inclination at the last of the doorway stands as above described were really considering all things exceedingly civil to each other at the early part of a busy day the temper can bear much more without wincing than after it has been battered and bruised by all the little contretemps that are almost sure to be set it before the close of it i beg your pardon ma'am but i believe i was here first oh dear i hope i did not hurt you but this is my place you must let me stand here dear ladies for i have set my heart upon it comprised very nearly all the spoken part of the contest a few sidelong glances there might have been and one or two almost invisible nudges but after all the person who finally got possession of the desired post was a tall thin pale and remarkably pious maiden who having laid her hand upon the board and her foot upon the stool moved them no more but who from first to last did not pronounce a single word though these four favourite seats were thus rapidly taken possession of there was still a good deal to be struggled for it appeared indeed for some time that all the fifty young and handsome ladies had firmly made up their minds to station themselves in the circular tent and nowhere else greatly did the peaceable mrs cartwright rejoice that she had from the first desired the ladies to please themselves for it soon became evident that it would have been no easy task for her to please them very continuous buzzings made themselves heard around the canvas walls and ladylike remonstrances were occasionally audible really ladies i think we are very close here would it not be better for some of the ladies to move on i believe ma'am that you will find no room just here and upon my word i must beg you not to press upon me so were sentences distinctly repeated in more places than one at length things or rather ladies began to arrange themselves in tolerable order the difficulties being got over at last as always happens upon such occasions by the best tempers taking the worst places it was an almost simultaneous rush of carriages through the park gates and the approach of many persons on foot by various entrances which at last produced this desirable effect mr cartwright now came forth in all his glory from beneath the shelter of a sort of canvas portico that formed the entrance to the principal line of tents almost innumerable were the hands he shook the bows he made and the smiles he smiled it is perfectly impossible that he could have sustained so radiant and benevolent a graciousness to all sorts and conditions of men had not his animal spirits been sustained by the ever-present recollection that the little key which dangled from his watch-chain and with which he constantly dallied when any of his ten fingers were disengaged from handshaking kept watch and ward over his lady's will mrs cartwright meanwhile not being in a situation to endure the fatigue of standing sat with some dozen chairs around her waiting for the most distinguished guests within the flowery shelter of this same pretty portico round which were ranged orange trees and various other fragrant plants reaching from the ground almost to the roof whenever any person arrived of sufficient importance to be so distinguished the vicar of rexhill himself ushered them to the presence of his lady and those so honoured at length filled all the chairs around her to all the rest mrs cartwright bowed and smiled as they passed onward as they all most obediently did in compliance with the mandate of their host who continued to utter with little intermission straight on if you please straight on and you will reach the centre pavilion 
between the spot at which the carriages set down the company and the entrance to this portico four servants in rich liveries were stationed to pass their names to chivers who stood within it at length the party who had walked across the park and entered the lawn by the little hand-gate to pass through which the present master of the domain had once considered as his dearest privilege approached the entrance at a point by which they escaped three out of the four reverberations of their names and were very quietly stepping under the draperied entrance when the fourth now stopped them short to demand their style and title mrs and the miss richards lord hilton screamed the trumpet-mouthed london-bred domestic who it may be observed in passing had like most of his fellows answered one of mr cartwright's advertisements headed thus wanted to live in the country a serious footman no sooner did the title reach the vicar's ears than he dropped pious mr somebody's hand which he was affectionately pressing and turning short round met the cold glance of the honest-hearted major dalrymple who advanced with mrs richards upon one arm and his affianced mary on the other a moment of rather awkward deliberation ensued as to whether the man or the man's title should modify the manner of his reception but before the question could be decided the party had quietly passed on without appearing to perceive him the two elder miss richards followed both of them having been obliged to relinquish their hopes of presiding at a stand in consequence of the expensive nature of the uniform these two young ladies who from the first hour of their conversion had really been among the most faithful followers of the vicar of rexhill in all ways ready to be in love with him ready to pray with him and now ready to bow before him as almost the greatest man in the county were not perhaps greeted with all the distinguished kindness they deserved unfortunately for their feeling mr cartwright was more awake to the fact that they were sisters to little mary than to their very excellent chance of becoming sisters-in-law to a nobleman and so they too passed on without pausing as they had intended to do for the expression of their unbounded admiration for him and his fancy fair nearly the whole of the invited society were already assembled and the park was beginning to fill with the multitude which was to be admitted to the tents after the collation when at length the rev isaac isaacs was announced the arrival of the hero of the day produced as may be supposed a very powerful sensation his name was no sooner pronounced by the servants than it was caught up by the company and borne along from mouth to mouth till every individual of the crowd which filled the tents was made acquainted with the interesting fact that the rev isaac isaacs was approaching the effect of this was for some moments really alarming every christian soul turned back to welcome the converted jew and something nearly resembling suffocation ensued indeed when the throng which pressed back to meet him met that which had turned to follow him as he laboured to make his way between the stands the crush was really terrible and had there not fortunately been many lateral exits through which those escaped who loved their lives better than the gratification of their curiosity the consequences might have been very serious not all however whose strength and whose zeal induced them to remain could get a sight of this desired of all eyes for as mr isaacs was a very short man those only who were very close could distinguish him the effect of this procession however through the double row of stands still thickly studded with pincushions every one of which had been made for his sake was very impressive and rendered greatly more so by every fair saleswoman mounting upon the high seat with which she was furnished for occasional rest and thus looking down upon him as he passed in attitudes that displayed both courage and enthusiasm the weather was intensely hot and more than once he appeared nearly overcome by his emotions he expressed the greatest concern for having arrived so late and especially for having missed the opening prayer which as he imagined had been pronounced by mr cartwright himself 
but when it was explained to him that this was not the case and moreover that he was not too late to share the blessing to be given by that gentleman he became more reconciled to the accident which had detained him and gave himself wholly up to the enjoyment of the striking spectacle that surrounded him after he had remained for some time in the central pavilion gazing and gazed at in a manner which it was extremely interesting to watch some one well acquainted with the best method of carrying on the business of such a meeting as the present suggested that it would be advisable that the acolyte should retire till the sale of the goods was pretty well completed for if the feeling among the charitable crowd were permitted to exhaust itself in affectionate glances toward mr isaacs no more money would be collected and it was also judiciously remarked that it might be as well to circulate through the company the assurance that as soon as the stalls were about two-thirds cleared the banquet would be announced the effect of these suggestions was speedily visible mr isaacs stood in the enjoyment of space and fresh air before the entrance to the portico engrossing the almost undivided attention of his great patron while ladies peeped at him from a respectful distance and chivers himself with a look as reverential as if he were waiting upon an apostle approached him with madeira and soda-water the sale meanwhile benefited equally by his near presence and his actual absence enthusiasm was raised without being disturbed in that great object of all english christian enthusiasm the dispersing of money and by four o'clock such a report was made of the general receipts that the selling ladies were waited upon by as many clergymen as could be collected to hand them from their stands to the banquet and when these were all furnished with a fair partner the most serious gentlemen among the company were requested to take charge of the rest mrs cartwright herself was led to the great dining-room by mr isaacs and for this reason or else because it was the great dining-room the crowd which followed her became so oppressive that the doors of the room were ordered to be closed and strictly guarded this measure was equally serviceable to those within and without for no sooner was it fully understood that this decisive mode had been resorted to then the other tables were instantly filled and nothing could be more satisfactory than the activity with which eating and drinking proceeded in all directions the champagne flowed freely and whether it were that the sacred cause for which the meeting was assembled appeared to justify or at least excuse some little excess or that nothing furnished at mr cartwright's board but must bring a blessing to him who swallowed it or that the fervent season led to thirst and thirst to copious libations whatever the cause it is certain that a very large quantity of wine was swallowed that day and that even the most serious of the party felt their spirits considerably elevated thereby but in recording this fact it should be mentioned likewise that excepting in some few instances in which thirst good wine and indiscretion united to overpower some unfortunate individuals the serious gentlemen of the party though elevated were far from drunk and the tone of their conversation only became more animated without losing any portion of the peculiar jargon which distinguished it when they were perfectly sober the discourse especially which was carried on round mr cartwright after the ladies retired was for the most part of the most purely calvinistical cast though some of the anecdotes related might perhaps in their detail have partaken more of the nature of miracles than they would have done if fewer champagne corks had saluted the ceiling one clerical gentleman for instance a mr thompson who was much distinguished for his piety stated as a fact which had happened to himself that in his early days before the gift of extempore preaching was fully come upon him he was one sabbath day at the house of a reverend friend who being taken suddenly ill desired mr thompson to preach for him at the same time furnishing him with the written discourse which he had been himself about to deliver i mounted the pulpit said mr thompson with this written sermon in my pocket but the moment i drew it forth and opened it i perceived to my inexpressible dismay that the handwriting was totally illegible to me for a few moments i was visited with heavy doubts and discomfiture of spirit 
but i had immediate recourse to prayer i closed the book and implored that its characters might be made legible to me and when i opened it again the pages seemed to my eyes to be as a manuscript of my own this statement however was not only received with every evidence of the most undoubting belief but an elderly clergyman who sat near the narrator exclaimed with great warmth i thank you sir i thank you greatly mr thompson for this shining example of the effect of ready piety and ready wit though the cloth is removed sir i must ask to drink a glass of wine with you and may heaven continue to you its especial grace there were some phrases too which though undoubtedly sanctioned by serious usage sounded strangely when used in a scene apparently of such gay festivity one gentleman confessed very frankly his inability to resist taking more of such wine as that now set before them than was altogether consistent with his own strict ideas of ministerial propriety but added he though in so yielding i am conscious of being in some sort wrong i feel intimately persuaded at the same time that by thus freely demonstrating the strength and power of original sin within me i am doing a service to the cause of religion by establishing one of its most important truths this apology was received with universal applause it manifested as one of the company remarked equal soundness of faith and delicacy of conscience one of the most celebrated of the regular london speakers known at all meetings throughout the whole evangelical season having silently emptied a bottle of claret which he kept close to him began just as he had finished the last glass to recover the use of his tongue his first words were my king has been paying me a visit indeed said mr cartwright whose attention was instantly roused by this very interesting statement where was the visit made mr white even here sir replied mr white solemnly here since i have been sitting silently at your hospitable board as how sir inquired a certain sir william crompton who was placed near him do you mean that you have been sleeping and that his majesty has visited you in your dreams the majesty that i speak of sir replied mr white is the king of heaven what other could it be exclaimed mr cartwright showing the whites of his eyes and appearing scandalized at the blunder i wonder mr cartwright said a young man of decidedly pious propensities but not as yet considering himself quite assured of his election i wonder mr cartwright whether i shall be saved or not it is a most interesting question my young friend replied the vicar mildly and you really cannot pay too much attention to it i am happy to see that it leaves you not even at the festive board and i sincerely hope it will finally be settled to your satisfaction but as yet it is impossible to decide i shall not fail to ride over to hear you preach excellent mr cartwright said a gentleman of the neighbourhood who though not hitherto enrolled in the evangelical calendar was so struck on the present occasion with the hospitable entertainment he received that he determined to cultivate the acquaintance you do me great honour sir replied the vicar if you do i hope it will be on a day when you can stay supper with us you are excessively kind my dear sir answered the guest but as my place is at least ten miles distant from yours i fear if you sup in the same style that you dine it will be somewhat late before i got home mr cartwright bowed dropping his eyes and said nothing oh sir said mr hetherington who though he had drunk more than any man at table excepting the cousin corbold had as yet in no degree lost his apprehension oh sir you quite mistake the supper that the excellent mr cartwright means is to be taken at the table of the lord dear me exclaimed the squire who really meant to be both civil and serious i beg pardon i made a sad blunder indeed there is nothing sad but sin mr wilkins replied the vicar meekly a mistake is no sin even i myself have sometimes been mistaken 
what heavenly-minded humility there is in mr cartwright said mr hetherington in a loud whisper to his neighbour every day he lives seems to elevate my idea of his character is not this claret admirable mr dixon just at this moment chivers the butler entered the room and whispered something in his master's ear indeed exclaimed mr cartwright a very disagreeable accident upon my word what is it sir inquired several voices at once the head cook gentleman replied chivers has fallen off the larder ladder and has put out his shoulder a very disagreeable accident indeed echoed the guests the butler whispered again certainly chivers certainly i am very glad mr bird the surgeon happens to be on the premises let him immediately set the joint and when this is done and the poor fellow laid comfortably in bed come for mr hetherington whom i will immediately order to awaken him bless my soul sir exclaimed the good-natured sir william crompton won't that be rather injudicious if the poor fellow should get a nap i should think it would be the worst thing in the world to awaken him pardon me sir william replied the vicar with great respect but persons of the world do not well understand the language of those who are not of the world no accident no illness ever occurs in my house sir william but my first effort is to awaken the soul of the sufferer to a proper sense of his sins i always take care they shall be told that the jaws of the tomb are opening before them and that as death comes like a thief in the night they should be watching for him this in the language of a pious and professing christian is called an awakening and needful as it is at all times it is of course more needful still in sickness or danger of any kind sir william crompton filled his glass with the wealthy vicar's admirable wine and said no more the time was now approaching at which the populace were to be admitted to the tents on the lawn and mr cartwright having looked at his watch rose and said gentlemen it is distressing to me to be forced to disturb you but the business of the meeting requires that we should all repair to the lawn the populace are about to be admitted and it is expected that our estimable mr isaacs will benefit very considerably by the eagerness with which the farmers wives and daughters will purchase the articles which remain of our christian ladies elegant handiworks one bumper to the success of the reverend isaac isaacs and to the conversion of the people of fababo and now we will return to our duty in the tents to your tents o israel shouted a young man with more of wine than wit as he turned towards the converted jew for myself he added i'll be damned if i stir an inch till i have finished this bottle mr cartwright stopped short in his progress towards the door he turned a glance more inquiring perhaps than stern on the face of the intoxicated speaker and perceived that he was the nephew of an earl the sole reason indeed which had procured him the honour of a seat in that distinguished circle the vicar balanced for a moment whether he should reprimand him or not had he been the son instead of the nephew of the noble lord he would certainly have passed on in holy meditation but as it was he stopped there were many serious eyes upon him notwithstanding the claret he remembered that the earl had a goodly progeny and that consequently his nephew would never be likely to succeed to his title and therefore with great dignity and much pious solemnity he thus addressed his curate who in his capacity of domestic chaplain was ever near him mr hetherington you have heard the awful words spoken by mr augustus mappleton remember sir that his repentance and conversions be prayed for at our concluding service this evening and also in your extempore prayer before sermon on next sabbath morning these words had a very sobering effect on the company and the whole party made all things considered a very orderly exit from the dining-room 
not however without mr cartwright finding an opportunity of whispering in the ear of his cousin now is your time stephen to go into the dressing-room end of volume three chapter ten